This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mentioned it in the last segment there at the end. We do have IG watch going on right now. That's right. I'm looking here. Will Howard's latest follows the former Kansas State quarterback, Jeremiah Smith, Travion Henderson, Ryan Rudzinski, who I now understand exists, Jalen McLean, <laughs> and Luke Montgomery, all Buckeyes in the recent follow history here of Will Howard. And that has Ohio State fans. You know, by the way, that Buckeye panic has reached a fevered pitch when Will Howard, who is not a guy, it was Cam Ward. It was Dante Moore. Which, right? by the it, way, I, 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 I think I might have forgot to share it with you. I, I um... I couldn't read the full story, but I got like because I'm not a I'm not a twenty four seven sports premier subscriber, yes. um, but uh, I kind of saw the summary of it on on social media. Cam Ward apparently called Jeremiah Smith the day of his commitment and said, "If you go to Miami, I'll go to Miami." And there the whole story was about Jeremiah Smith was still like wavering going into his decision, but he ended up sticking with the Buckeyes. And I was fascinated by the idea of Cam Ward being like, dude, if you come here, I'll go here. And then Jeremiah Smith stuck by good old Brian Hartline and decided to still come to Columbus. It's pretty crazy. And then, and then Cam Ward announced his intention to enter the NFL draft. Yeah. yeah. So that to talk about the, uh, the domino effect there. But I, I think what's interesting with Will Howard is I think a lot of people look at his, his stats and, you know, his stats aren't he, what maybe... He had worse passing numbers than Kyle McCord. And that's why people yeah. are like, is this guy really that good? And and my response would be, I it's really tough. One, I don't know the guy has any exceptional tools, which should scare you. Because that's why Kyle McCord failed this year. He was just kind of good or acceptable at a lot of different spots. Um, I do think Will Howard is more mobile, which I think, ironically, after... After Ryan Day not running C.J. Stroud at all, I think I think Ryan Day learned if you're not going to fix the offensive line, you better have a guy that can move around a little bit. But I would just – the danger of saying Will Howard 
is worse than Kyle McCord, Will Howard has never played with the kind of mm-hmm. weapons that he no. will play in Columbus. And, I mean, I think Chris Kleinman's a hell of a head coach. He's not an offensive guru that has put, you know, three straight quarterbacks into uh, – well, okay, Kyle, Ryan just put one into uh, Syracuse. But the other three quarterbacks <laughs> that Ryan has had, he put into the first round of the NFL. Yeah, I, th- I think that's well said on just the the players that Will Howard's played around versus what Kyle McCord had this year. And I, I think if you're sitting here just saying, well, Will Howard's got worse numbers than, than Kyle McCord, what's the difference? Um, I think it's a prisoner of the moment sort of take because, yeah, you're right. Like at face value, they're not, they're not as good passing-wise. But to your point, you're not thinking of that context. And I, I think like, what are we – are we going to see – similar numbers from Kyle McCord that he had at Ohio state this year when he goes and plays at Syracuse next year. Like that, that's why I say it's prison at the moment because we could be sitting here next year saying like, man, Kyle McCord really uh, screwed the pooch on deciding to go to Syracuse of all teams and play. And maybe he should have stayed at Ohio state where he had all these weapons around him and maybe could have still been the starter. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that conversation is still kind of yet to be determined in terms of who's the better quarterback of the two. Um, but I mean, I'm excited by the idea of Will Howard. I don't know if he doesn't move the needle for me the way that a Cam Ward would have. He doesn't necessarily move the needle the way, you know, some of these other guys that were out there, um, may have, but, and I also do think I, I reserve, I'm reserving some judgment on even what quarterback they're going with next year until I see them also kind of address the offensive line. Um, I, I think they're going to have to sort of bolster some things there in the transfer portal as well. But the idea of a quarterback who can be more mobile, who can do the things that Cam or sorry, that Will Howard can do, I think does make me excited. And I think like at the, I, I, I think at the very worst, you're getting a quarterback that's more mobile than Kyle McCord. At the best, I think you're getting a quarterback that can do all the things he can do and maybe better in the passing game. Plus you get the bonus of, okay, He's going to be able to run the run around a little bit and create some things with his feet when the the pocket collapses on him. So I, I think, and it's also the nice, the other positive of it all, and this is something we've talked about a lot, is if you don't want to disrupt your recruiting class, aka Aaron Nolan, who's coming in this year and his progression towards starting potentially in 2025, you want somebody who's going to be a one and done type guy or a one and pro type guy, and that's what Will Howard basically would become for you. He would be a guy who starts this season probably isn't back next year, probably is going pro than that, that next year. And then it paves the way for somebody like Aaron Nolan to start immediately. Well, and I just think like, I do think, I, I think in the psyche of Buckeye fans and maybe Ryan day, I think there might be value in him just not being Devin Brown and I like it or, or not being Kyle McCord. And I think, you know, I think you see this a lot in the NFL Teams are always looking for a quarterback to sell fans to. And a lot of the times it's a bad idea. Like Atlanta really thought they were going into this year with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. And this, this is going to be the thing. And the problem is you think about the first part of the sale. You don't actually think of the cost of the transaction. The cost of the transaction was Atlanta in a, in a division in the NFC South that they could have run away with if they had even Russell Wilson from Denver, who just got benched, uh, you could be like a 10 or 11 win team. But they were so consumed with, well, we just got to sell the fans on anything that they didn't really think it out. I actually think this is one of those cases where 
I think you can sell Will Howard as, hey, he's kind of a blend of these two guys in Devin Brown and Kyle McCord in a good way, right? He's got mobility, but he also has more of the the, the arm that maybe you were hoping for that Devin Brown didn't showcase that clearly might not have against um, against Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. And more importantly, then it just allows you to have a face of your quarterback competition. So if Devin Brown makes leaps and 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 jumps this next offseason, well, don't don't jump too hard. You might uh, hurt your ankle or something. I mean, my goodness, injury pot shot, not great, Bob. <laughs> um, or if Lincoln Keenholz, or guys, if Air Nolan just comes in and is you know the prophet, he just comes in and he just steps and he's just ready. I don't expect that, but that could happen. Well, then all of a sudden you have somebody that somebody with a real reputation that any one of those three guys has toppled, right? Worst case scenario, in theory, is Will Howard just takes the job. And I don't think that's a worst case scenario. The guy scored 30-plus touchdowns last year. Yeah. He he does have experience. He only is going to be here for one year if he does come at all. Like, I just think it makes sense on a lot of different levels. And I think I think – I don't think if you're an Ohio State fan, I don't think we can do this thing where we're like – Devin Brown blows, Keen Holtz isn't ready, Air Nolan's 17, Kyle McCord wasn't good enough, and also bleep Will Howard. Like <laughs> I, I I think you have to understand that like at this point, beggars can't be choosers. And if Will Howard is the best you can get, I'll be honest with you. I I they competed in a pretty nice Pac 12 with him this year. I see no reason why you can't run the table next year with Will Howard as your starting quarterback. Yeah. Unless he's just really a product of what they do in Kansas uh, at Kansas State, which would surprise me a little bit. I think that's really well said. On you can't you know spit in the face of everybody who's an option for you. I like if we're sitting there complaining about the options we have, and I do think like Friday night, sound the alarms. I I like I how was I supposed to believe that we, they were going to go into next year and just trot out the guys they were going to have, including Aaron Nolan, and he was just going to be ready magically for to start as a true freshman. And that was going to be your competition, and that was going to be your decision. I I needed I need to see them get somebody with some experience, and I think I think Will Howard makes a lot of sense. Um, I I I I would be happier with that than I think the guys that are currently on the roster. I'm I'm intrigued by Aaron Nolan, but I just don't think it's realistic that he plays in this in his freshman year that all that much. Um, and to your point on like quarterback play, we just we just talked in the first segment about like JJ McCarthy is a fine college quarterback. Do I think he's going to be some amazing pro? No. And I think that's probably the same trajectory as like a Will Howard. I think he's a good college quarterback who can do some things that, that obviously Kyle McCord couldn't. And I don't know that he's going to be an amazing pro, but if you get the right offensive line group in there around him, you have the right talent around him. You have a really good defense, which by all accounts, a lot of these guys, are. that's the biggest worry for me too, Nick is like, you can't waste the, if the, if, the, if it's true that so many of these defensive players are coming back, you can't waste this amazing defense on average to mediocre quarterback play next year. You just can't. And so you got to try something. And if it's Will Howard, I think this team can win the Big Ten with him under center. I think they can compete for a national championship um, with him under center. I, I'm i not trying like, – I think the problem fans have is you bring up being like beggars can't be choosers. I think it's the fact that it seems like Ohio State has to be a beggar. Like they should just already kind of have this stockpiled. Their plan was to have it stockpiled. They, w- they would have been having Quinn Ewers play right now. And that didn't turn out or that didn't happen. Um, but like now this is the situation you're in. If if Will Howard is the, the option, I'm willing to see it through because at least I can recognize that they're trying to fill that void 
trying to get somebody in there with experience. And you're to me, he's at least a, a somewhat of an upgrade from Kyle McCord where I feel good about the direction they can go if there's some other moves that are to be made because I still think the offensive line could be an issue as well. Did I hear that you are willing to give Will Howard uh, a chance? Willing? Let's get to the uh, Michigan panic meter. That was not great. <laughs> um, as we do every single show, we look at how we feel, how our feelings are about the uh, status of things between Ohio State and Michigan. I remained unchanged in my Michigan panic meter Um, I actually think Michigan going to the national title game and even winning the national title is a good look for Ohio State because it shows how close you were to beating them Uh, in Ann Arbor, no less this week, uh, this, or sorry, this year with, uh, with Kyle McCord as your quarterback. So in the end, Spencer, I actually think it's kind of, I don't want to say a positive, but like my panic is not heightened by Michigan uh, winning over Alabama, nor is it it heightened or lessened by the potential addition of Will Howard, although I reserve the right to change my opinion when Will Howard officially commits to Ohio State. So what, you're, is this, is this good? Is this right for you? Right there. Right in the white. So good. Right in the white. Ooh. What, what's, (laughs) what, what say you, Spencer? Ironically, the same color as uh, Will Howard, right in the white. Um, Ooh. (laughs) uh, I'm going to keep mine where it was at on Friday night. Which biggest shift I think we've ever had in the in the Michigan panic meter? I went from light gray to light scarlet, and I'm oh, staying wow. in the light scarlet um, after watching Michigan go to the national championship game. Still no answers on the quarterback position yet, although it seems like there's some something's afoot. When, when the Instagram never lies, Nick. Instagram just it, the gram never lies. You always and most, know, and most of the time for the worse. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Stay out of those DMs, boys. If you got one of these on, <laughs> stay out. It's not exactly. that hard. Exactly. Um, yeah, like it, it never lies. So if, if he's following people, I think it's a good sign that he's potentially coming. So if Will Howard, I, I want to get this on record. If Will Howard commits to Ohio State, are you going to flip back to at least white? Yeah, Michigan. Yes. Okay. I, I would go back to white if he if he if he does arrive in Columbus, pending. Like we get that news this week, maybe in the set, the, the show later this week, I'll be back in, in the white. And then next week, if Michigan wins the championship, I might be back in the lights. Carly. We'll see. Who knows? So, getting to the bowl game complaints that everybody has every single year. You know, I've talked about bowl fixes. And as I see it, the bowls have a few big issues. One, they happen after the transfer portal, which means yeah. rosters look dramatically different. But also, you've got guys looking ahead to the NFL. You've got guys looking ahead to just a, a kernel of doubt on whether they should play or whether you know whether they have something in their better interests. So to me, that is a timing issue, both of when the bowls are played and when the portal happens. Two, I think you have a lot of bowls with very little significance. And then three, I just think in terms of – finding a way to make it all mean something. I, I came up, listen, I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I think the one solution I think could help is if you saw the uh, group of five commit to their own playoff and snag about 16 of these bowls that then basically turned into the group of five championship. I, I think that's one way, but I think beyond that requires a lot of yeah. thinking and a lot of fine tuning to the actual timing of the process. And I isn't, don't, I don't think the NCAA is going to do that. or cause Isn't that part of what the NCAA Charlie Baker talked about um, with like trying to make the, the, 
the power five programs almost their own thing and then the group of five their own thing yeah so maybe there's something along those lines that they'd look into i don't know um i i think you're i think you're spot on with with the the transfer portal opening after the regular season ends like that just needs to go away uh, you, you can't have that happen and expect any of these bowl games to 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 come with excuse me the merits that you're expecting them to when half of a team's roster turned over because the guys are like, ah, I'm going to go explore my options. I also think the signing day window being in December affects some things because guys look at that as a reason to maybe transfer like that. That's mm-hmm. part of the thing of their decision-making is, well, you got this new quarterback coming in or you got this new receiver coming in. I don't want to be part of this team anymore. So I, I think there's some tweaks there on the schedule that can be made. I also think you're right. that There's too many bowl games. Part of that though, is you're letting too many teams play for bowls. I'm sorry. Six wins is not worthy of a bowl game to me. I think it needs to be bumped up to like eight. If you win eight games, I think that's a very respectable season. Yeah, you earn a little extra game. Um, but but for the for like you're you're basically you're talking about these games late in the season where it's it's two mediocre teams playing against each other, and it's like, oh boy, they're both at five wins. This is the one that seals their fate of if they're gonna go to a bowl game or not. It's like, guys, come on. Like it's it's no. okay. The only I'm, thing I'm not, I would say, the only thing I would say to that is I think the bigger issue is you don't have premier players playing in these games. And I, I think, I, I think if you, you know, if, if, uh, if central Florida is a six win team and has one good player and that guy isn't in the game that dramatically impacts the watchability of that game. And I so I think like, I think I, I, well, I, I me, can't uh, believe can I, no. Can I throw this idea at you? Because I've heard now multiple people bring this up. Yeah. Um, I think Danny Cannell was one of them moving outside of the college football playoff games next year, moving bowl season basically to week zero. So if you're, so that way it's like, if your team makes a bowl game, those players don't get to play in it, but listen, those players aren't playing in the game anyway. So what does it matter? And then the next crop of players, they get to sort of reap the benefits of what that previous team earned and they get an exclusive bowl game week zero that would allow them to be a, get a little extra exposure to start the season. I mean, I, I I think it would be weird to base the next season on what happened last season. I agree. I th- I don't I don't know why haven't any of these brilliant NIL collectives, as part of their their package to the players, say, all right, you're going to get seventy percent of your NIL during the season, but the final thirty percent only happens if you play in a bowl game. Like I. I mean, I think that's an obvious place. If you know, we talk about uh, playing these players all the time. I think structuring it in a way that these players actually get paid. And listen, to some players, like okay, the difference between NIL and um, going to the NFL draft isn't going to be worth it. But to dudes in the portal, yeah, yeah, it might make a difference. To guys, I mean, honestly, even a guy like Trevion Henderson supposed to still be considering going into the draft. Him playing, if that had earned him, and let's say he was a uh, $500,000 player, if that had earned him, math is so hard, $15,000, I would imagine, I think my math is totally horseshit on that, by the way, but if that had, you know, an extra $30,000, an extra, or actually in that case, it would have been $150,000. There goes the math. But yeah, I think if you make it, if you structure it in a way where it financially makes sense that players have to play in that game, that's another way. And that, by the way, you're not paying them to play in the bowl game. You're you're kind of delaying that last bonus. 
if they actually play. And then worst case scenario, they opt out or they go to the NFL and then yeah. you don't actually spend that money. I think it's a good a good thought process. I, I think ultimately the biggest thing that, that this conversation merits, as all these conversations do, and, and I want to be clear, I think what Kirby Smart said was really profound um, after the game the other day. I, I think you've, you've heard some other people and coaches make some comments on things. You know, I think Steve Sarkeesian talking about Malik Murphy transferring out and how he, how he felt about that was also a very profound sort of moment. Like you can tell that these guys understand there needs to be some changes and they want to see some things done differently. So I think the biggest sort of summation of all this is yes, something needs to change in the way that this season is handled because it's your product is watered down. The games don't matter as much. And frankly, it's, 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 it's almost unwatchable. Some of the stuff that we've seen this, this bowl season, because the, the teams are just unrecognizable. So any way they can fix that, I think is, is worth exploring. Um, I'm, I'm open to all options, but there's certain ones I'm sure that'll rise to the top that I think are better than others. All right, guys, make sure to follow the Sons of the Shoe podcast wherever you get your podcast. We rely on your support. So if you don't support us, you basically are telling us to go F ourselves. You can follow us <laughs> wherever you get your podcast. That includes uh, Apple, Spotify, the free Odyssey app, of course. Please make sure to subscribe to the 92.3 The Fan YouTube channel as well, uh, as that helps us. That helps the entire station. We have a lot to – I know we're heading into the offseason here, but we do still have a lot to get to. At some point this week, we're expecting, I don't know, some sort of billowing smoke out of the uh, out of the furnace in Columbus to see if they're going to make any staff moves. I also think we're probably going to have to do a year in review at some point over the next week or so, Spence, just to kind of look back at what happened and, and who succeeded, who didn't succeed. You know, we'll, we'll get into more of that later on in the week. So, again, follow the podcast, Sons of the Shoe, wherever you get your podcasts. And more importantly, Spencer, go Bucks.